Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's the evening of June 8th, 2023, and you have not heard us talk about the Cincinnati Reds for a couple weeks. Uh, that's mostly because my wife gave birth to our second daughter at the towards the end of May, on May May 16th, and um, life kind of got uh, in, in the way of talking about sports on a podcast that uh, a couple dozen of you folks listen to. So uh, apologies for the break. Um, haven't slept much. My two-year-old managed to bring home a cold, which I've now got also. So also apologies for sounding like I'm talking through a megaphone right now, but it's uh, it's a pretty exciting time in the world of the Cincinnati Reds, so it was time to shake the dust off the microphones and get back to recording some episodes of Walks Will Hunt. Uh, I'm Wick. I'm your host, joined as always by BK and Arf, the Arkansas Reds fan. Um, we're going to talk about Ellie De La Cruz because why the hell would we talk about anything else other than Ellie De La Cruz? Um, the top prospect in all of baseball, the 21-year-old, finally made his big league debut this week uh, in the series against the Los Angeles Dodgers and wasted little time and basically blowing the doors off of everything. So um, I, it's, you know, there's, there's a part of me that thinks regardless of when this happened and regardless of where the Reds were in whatever life cycle they are in, in a rebuild or a buildup or whatever, um, his hype and his talents and his ability would have made this uh, every bit is the electric moment as it, as it was. Um, but the fact that the Reds have been down and out and deliberately rebuilding and didn't spend a dollar this entire winter, um, what they spent is parked on the injured list with a bad back right now. Um, the spotlight was on him and the Dodgers were in town. The big bad Dodgers were in town. It really could not have been a better spot for pressure to be on him. And the dude just hit the ground running a million miles an hour and hit a 458 home foot home run almost out of Great American Ballpark. Um, it was one of those moments where uh, uh, the hype met the moment. And on top of that, 
um, we, we all got a chance to finally like take a deep breath and enjoy something good happening for the Cincinnati Reds. And that's the backdrop of where we are right now. Um, guys, uh, just, I don't even have a question here. Just, just tell me what your first thoughts are about watching Ellie run and throw and hit and smile and, and just lap the field more than anybody else. I think we've seen in a Reds uniform in a long, long time. Beak, what do you think, man? Yeah, man. And it's just, it's just such an electric time to, uh, to be a Reds fan right now. I mean, I've got, I've got my, some friends that are, you know, fans of other teams, like congratulating me on, uh, how much fun the Reds are to watch right now, which is, you know, I yes. think that just kind of tells you everything you need to know about, um, kind of how things are right now. And it, it all centers around Ellie, of course. Um, but you know, there's, there's more to the story than just, just Ellie. Right. I mean, you know, Matt McLean coming up and just knocking the cover off the ball. Um, and other, you know, other rookies than, you know, new newcomers to the Reds that are um, kind of making their mark in the big leagues. It's, it's really, it's really fun to, to, to watch. And, um, but I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a, like a debut <laughs> like Ellie since I've been watching Reds baseball. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I can't, I can't think of another situation where somebody came up just <laughs> and was hyped as a five tool player, literally all five have lived up to the hype so far. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, that's, it's nuts. This is the thing is it's the thing about him that like that jumps off the page is me because, you know, so often when you're not talking about the absolute most elite of the elite prospects, you talk about high floor versus high ceiling players. <clears throat> he's the rare combination of high floor and high ceiling because he's got so many tools that even if the one quote unquote flaw in his game, which is that, yeah, he's going to swing and miss and strike out a little bit. Who doesn't right now? Even if that turns into a problem and he strikes out 40 percent of the time. He's a three and a half to four win player based purely on defense, base running, and, and you know, like every all the other things he brings to the table, which is an incredibly high floor. Like if the dude always strikes out more than anybody else, he's still a four win player if he stays on the field. Like that in itself is tantalizing as hell. And then you see what he does when you know he's beginning to kind of evolve his his command of the strike zone and how he's going to be pitched and pitch sequencing and all that other stuff. And you just look up and you marvel at at what what could be because he's 21 he's years younger than matt mclean who's doing this uh you know right next to him it's um it's exciting it's analyzing and between that and just his physical tools and his size and the positions he plays and the fact that he's a switch hitter it's just it's it's a, he's a player that's more unique than i think i've ever seen from a you know projectability standpoint um, and then to see him just immediately step into the plate at, at the big league level and take Noah Syndergaard, you know, out of the ballpark is just that's epic. Arf, what do you think, man? What did what did you see from Ellie? Yeah, um, and when I was kind of thinking about this, like his these first three games, I was like going over my head, like what I was the most impressed with, and like at first it was like, you know, the fact that he hit that double so hard that the ball was pretty much at the wall when the camera changed angles, like, you know, in a split second, it's already there. And then you see the clip of him running the second. And it was, I've like, just never seen somebody run like that before. Mm -hmm. And well, then the next night he hits one to the top row 
in the right field stands and then hits a triple where nobody has any business hitting a triple in that ballpark. And he, you know, that's a double at best. And he turns it into a triple fairly easily. Um, yeah. And it's just exciting to have somebody like that. And then, you know, like what, uh, what BK was saying, like all of like baseball Twitter and stuff is just like, they're just talking about Ellie right now. And like, when's the last time the Reds have had a player like that? I mean, even like with Joey Votto, like he's not, people don't get excited about Joey Votto like that. Like you had, you know, true baseball fans enjoy watching Joey Votto play, but he doesn't have the speed and, and all that, that Ellie brings just like the excitement. So people aren't dropping everything and making, you know, Joey Votto appointment television, like they are with Ellie De La Cruz. And he's (laughs) been in the league for three days. Um, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining Joey's face as he tries to run as fast as he possibly can around first base <laughs> to make a triple and just cracking up at that. And like with Ellie, it's 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 so natural. Like it, he never looks like he's trying to run as fast as the fastest player in baseball. Like when he hit that triple, he smacked it in the gap. And I was like, oh, another frozen rope. And like before Sadak could even finish saying Daylight Cruz, he was like, he's going for three. And I'm like... He just hit the ball. What do you mean? He's not even in second yet. And sure enough, boom, he's in third when, you know, beat the throw by, by two seconds. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. As you, as you mentioned, like, yeah. can he throw the ball 99 miles an hour from third to first? Yes. Can he run 30 plus feet per second? Yes. Can he hit the ball 116 miles or 15 miles an hour and 460 feet? Yes. Can he do it from both sides of the plate? Yes. Can he play shortstop? Yes. Um, okay. Well, um, yeah, we got a glimpse of all of that. We don't have to wait to be like, in week three, and be like, I don't know if he's got the power, and then finally hits the ball out of the ballpark. No. Game two, stepped up, did it against the Dodgers, and it's like, okay, well, all right, we've seen the the potential for all of the tools already. And um, it just it's it's one of those things where it's like, A, uh, why did they wait until they lost three games to the Brewers in Great American Ballpark yeah. to bring them up? Um, and B Oh God! Why? Why don't they have any starting pitching right now? When you look up at what the Reds have put together offensively, and it's like you've got a dynamic team, and um, and we literally have no idea who's pitching two days from now. Um, nor will we for a very long time. It seems like until a lot of things go right, and I guess that's kind of the the byproduct of, of what the Reds have gone through in all this and trading away guys like Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo. Um, you know, letting Wade Miley walk and, um, you know, uh, uh, even even looking back further than that and seeing Josiah Gray have a tremendous year for the Washington Nationals. And he was a guy who was dealt away in a salary dump. Um, you know, the Reds pitching situation for as fun as this particular uh, series was where they won two out of three games. They also gave up what uh, uh, six to 20, 21, 22 runs in three games and. Might have lost Graham Ashcraft, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, to, a, to a comebacker off the calf. They moved Nick Lodolo to the 60-day IL um, and all this process. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the the ebb and the flow of trying to balance a roster, um, we, we, I think, have reached kind of the, the biggest ebb of this entire rebuild because, you know, for a while, from the moment the Reds got Derek Johnson and the, from the moment they've started making those trades to acquire some guys – they had a damn fine rotation. I mean, you talk about Tyler Malley when he was healthy and Castillo and Sonny Gray and Miley putting up a six-win season. The pitching was what anchored this team for the longest time. And now we look up and it seems like in a blink, they've turned the page. They've got almost 
more players than they know what to do with offensively. And the starting pitching and the rest of the pitching staff just seems to be duct taped together. And it's um, it's one of those things where it's like, well, wait a minute, how do we how do we chase that now? Um, Arf, I guess, what are your thoughts on what you've seen from the pitchers that they've rolled out there lately? And uh, in particular, one one rookie who might be the guy that is the next in the spotlight to step up and uh, and uh, make some heads turn in a very special way himself. Yeah, um, I mean, regarding like kind of what they're going to do, you know, in the future, I think we were talking about this on the Slack earlier. It's like, how are they going to choose that? You know, they're going to go from a six man to a five man rotation, like in the next week. And one of Ashcraft, Lively, Williamson and Weaver are going to be heading to the bullpen. And, you know, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine anyone but Graham Ashcraft making that room unless he of course like hits the IL from, you know, from getting hit with that comebacker today. But, you know, it's, it's crazy because he was one of the three that we've been talking about all year who was going to be one of the anchors of the rotation. And now all of a sudden he's given up runs all over the place and he may not be the one you're counting on. And so now you've got to have a, you know, a bunch of, a couple of journeymen or a guy, uh, Brandon Williamson, who's, uh, you know, just been called up and, got rocked at AAA, you know, all season, um, which, you know, kudos to him last night um, after getting lit up, he settled down and I think he sat down like 10 guys in a row or something and kept the bullpen fresh and gave the Reds a chance to win. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do outside of uh, Hunter Green. And then, you know, you mentioned Andrew Abbott, the the other rookie who just three days ago, you know, had six shutout innings <laughs> And gave up one hit and, you know, had I think he took a no-hitter to the fifth or something like that in his debut. And everyone was excited about that and immediately forgot about it <laughs> because, because of uh, the guy we've spent the first 10 minutes of the podcast talking about. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of – it's crazy to think, like, right now it's him and Hunter Green um, and then kind of the rest of them. Um, which Hunter Green also – you know, he, he's been pushed back because his hips bothered him. So exactly. It's, yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a whole mixed bag right now. Of, let's of let's what, what the hell the Reds are going to do. Let's see here. Graham Ashcraft, who was one of the cogs of the rotation to start the season that we were really banking on, just made it to 170 career innings pitch at the big league level. Ben Lively, who is the veteran of the bunch and that he's older, um, 149.2 big league innings in his career. Hunter Green, 187.2. Nick Lodolo, uh, on the 60-day IL, who we won't see again for a while, 137.2 career innings pitch. Andrew Abbott, one start. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's it's something. And you look up, and this was what? This was game, they they entered play today having played 62 games. So they've got 100 games to go uh, to get through the end of the season, 900 innings. If everything goes exactly as planned more, if they go to extras, um, just physically getting to the end of the season, especially when you just let Luis Sessa walk out the door and got rid of him. You traded Chase Anderson for cash and he's actually been half decent for the two teams he's pitched for since then. Um, I just, I, I look at where the state of the Reds pitching staff is right now. And, you know, They've they've patched things together pretty damn well for what they've been given and what they've been facing injury wise, but it's not just that they've got 100 games left to go. Um, the teams they're going to be facing are going to be actively acquiring players in July, and I 
I don't know if that's where the Reds are right now in this rebuild is to to go out and get veteran guys who can who can log innings and maybe just maybe turn this in to something of a season in a division that's that's pretty terrible right now. Um, BK, what are your thoughts on on how the the ebb of the amazing position player prospects has gone dovetailing with what the pitching is doing right now? Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, you know, and Luke Weaver is, you know, really the only veteran guy that they have on the entire staff as far as in the rotation goes. But, you know, I don't, Ben Lively is, has been. He's I been mean, great. He's can been you great. Imagine, can you imagine what this team would look like without Ben Lively? Like, I feel like that's, that's the same thing you I said about Dan, Dan Straley and Tim Adelman before, but yeah. like, it's, it's true. Like, where would they be without Ben Lively right now? Yeah. I mean, they, they'd be like even, even worse, uh, which is hard to believe, but it, it, it does make me think about just kind of like where, where, where the Reds are. And then with the kind of ownership's commitment to winning, as they say that they have, I, I think that. The the interesting thing about this season that I don't think any of us were expecting um, is that, you know, basically it's, you know, it's the second week of June and the Reds are five games out of first place in the NL Central. They're, now, they're, five, ga- they're five games under 500, but they are five games out of first place in the Central. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you know, the Cardinals are dog shit. The Cubs aren't very good, you know. And really, the the two teams you have in front of you right now are the Pirates and the Brewers. The Brewers have some talent, um, but they're they're beatable, they're gettable, and they're but, also. I mean, they're, the the Brewers are a team that, that traded Josh Hader last year because they know they've got to quote unquote manage their assets. Right, they've got guys they might have to deal this year to get maximum return uh, that are bumping up against free agency. Like they might not be the all in buyers this year, despite the fact that they're clearly the best team in the league because. They got budget constraints they're facing, so it's you know. Yeah, I mean it. It makes you it makes you wonder now, especially looking at like the situation that the Reds find themselves in with where they are in the division, that they have very obvious glaring needs in that they need more starting pitching, they need more relief pitching. Everything else, they can probably you know they they might be able to use another bat at some point, but you know that's not the issue, right? Um, and they have prospect depth to deal from too. You know, you have a Noelvi Marte who's who's hitting in AAA and also is not going to have a spot at the big league level for the foreseeable future. So, like when it comes to do you do you make the big deal for that guy now, knowing that this is this is an opportunity to we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass deliver on your promise as the you know front office and ownership of the reds that of bringing winning baseball to cincinnati um you know if they if they do that then this this team could host a playoff game (laughs) yeah you know like it's it's nuts to think about but it's you know 
I, I think the opportunity is there, you know, given where we are right now. Yeah, obviously that could change in the next month if they can, you know, fall off a cliff and don't do anything about it. But, you know, it seems like the excitement is there. The, you know, the, the guys are playing together, the, you know, all of the vibes are right for this to kind of be a fun summer at least and be, be a competitive team. But, you know, I think that the elephant in the room is all of the pitching and, what what are they going to do about it? And it's, it, I think it will really we'll really see what the ownership group is prioritizing. Exactly. Let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we will talk about what the Reds do next after all of this fun stuff that has just happened this week. So we've got Elita Cruz. We've got Matt McLean. They're up. They're going to take over the middle infield or the left side of the infield next to Jonathan India and Spencer Steer. Um, what the Reds haven't done yet is welcome back Joey Votto, who's down at AAA and healthy and taking good swings from the, the limited things I've seen. He looks better now than he did a month ago when he was down there on his initial rehab. Um, Christian Encarnacion Strand out hit L.A. De La Cruz at AAA Louisville both in home runs and slugging percentage and everything other than walks, which he's done better with over the last couple of days. Uh, his call-up is imminent. Um, we talk about where the Reds can go and build off this momentum that they picked up this this week. Um, unfortunately, it's not really on the pitching side. Uh, they called up Andrew Abbott, who looked tremendous and is going to get more chances to be a good starter for this particular club. Um but we've already talked about Graham Ashcraft also maybe needing an IL stint and certainly needing a trip to somewhere to figure out what's wrong with him. He's yielded 41 earned runs in his last 29 innings pitched after today's start, dating back to May 7th of this year. That's got to get fixed. Uh, Hunter Green got bumped back because of soreness. Lodolo's on the 60-day IL. There aren't pitching reinforcements that are coming organically. Um, even the guys that are hurt, guys like T.J. Antone, doesn't look like he's anywhere close. Tony Santillan doesn't look like he's anywhere close either. If they're going to get a further boost from things, it's going to have to come on the hitting side. Encarnacion Strand, Joey Votto, potentially going to be added to the mix soon. And TJ Friedel, who looks like he could be activated in the next couple of days as well after his hamstring issue. Finding spots for all these guys is going to be the kind of interesting, you know, the, the story with all of this. Um, Arf, what are your thoughts on how David Bell is going to be able to kind of manage who goes where and how you solve getting the best bats of this group in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, I think they've already kind of started to plan for that. Um, you know, they're they're throwing Spencer Steer out in left field. Um, you know, that's still, I mean, you're going to have two other first basemen on the roster when when Joey Votto and uh, and Christian and Carnacion Strand come up, you know, you, you've also got three catchers on the roster. Like, you, you know, you figure Kurt Casale is probably going to have to go or that, you know, they, they find a, find a way for, you know, Kevin Newman to go. Like, so someone's hey, going to. You know, Kevin Newman's a first baseman now also. So we've got, we got a plethora, plethora yeah, of first basemen. That's true. Um, yeah, that, that's, what's going to be interesting. And I, and I think they're already starting to, to plan a little bit for that, um, you know, with, with like I said, steer going out to left field. Um, 
and you know uh, they're they're playing India at, at third base just to try and get him find him ways to stay on the field now that uh, that Ellie's uh, been called up. But yeah, I I did not expect the Reds to be in this position in June where they're like, all right, we have too many good offensive players right now. Where are we going to put them? Um, and like five minutes you know? ago, they were like one of the worst slugging percentages in ISO teams in all of baseball. Now it's like we got 13 hitters and we got to find spots to put them on the field. It's like it it, yeah. it was a very quick transition to from 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 like where the hell are all the home runs? They play in Great American Ballpark to like, holy shit, where are they going to fit all these guys? It's, uh, it's a weird, weird transition. No doubt about it. Yeah. And in, even, I mean, <laughs> with, with Joey coming up at, you know, at some point in the near future, like, I think you guys, when you guys were on with uh, Mo Egger, uh, you know, where does he like fit with this team? It, it's going to be weird. Um, you know, we, the, Joey Bot has been such a big part of this, of this organization, you know, since what, 2008. And now this team is kind of forming its own identity and it's, it's without him. And, yeah. you know, it's so much about the future now and like, where does he fit in and I know he's done a lot you know when he spent that first month in AAA you know I think he bonded pretty well with Matt McClain and he's been traveling with the team which I don't think is very common for guys in his position but he's been traveling even though he's been rehabbing and stuff so I think he's taken on this mentorship role but you know kind of where does that fit when he's actually on the field you know trying to get at bats and presumably his his last season um yeah, it, that's, that's going to be probably the most interesting part of that is, you know, how, how does Joey Votto, the, you know, future Hall of Famer and, you know, probably the best hitter in Reds history and right. you know, where, where does he fit in all this while this young team is, is, you know, trying to win the division and, you know, is building all this excitement for the future. Yeah, so. Joey, Joey Votto uh, playing first base against right-handed pitching only and batting seventh is like, <laughs> that that that's kind of like that, yeah I've never heard of that that, 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 that kind of makes like that that's that's where it makes sense in my mind assuming they decide to go from three catchers to two and Spencer <laughs> Spencer Steer plays some left field like that's that's the way that I can it's sort of envision making this work Beak what do you think yeah I mean it's it's definitely interesting and it, it's something that you know I I think that when we talked to Mo about it the the point that he made that I I definitely can see is like it his personality, Joey's personality is definitely such that he'll make it work it, from the, from he's a team player. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to pout if he's not playing every day. Like it's not, it's not going to be that kind of thing. Like I think he's generally, ex- genuinely excited about what the Reds yeah. have right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think this, he, he, I think very rightly kind of sees this as his chance to, you know, do some damage in the playoffs with, with the Reds team. And so it's like, well, you know, I, I think that the, the interesting thing to me is what happens if Joey comes up, he, you know, rehabs in AAA, everything's good. And then he comes up to the big blue level and he, he's not hitting and he takes a month to get going while playing every day and taking all those at bats from guys who have been here at the big league level producing. Like, I, I don't think you, you can necessarily say he deserves bats over Spencer Steer right now, right? Just given how the season has gone. So it's like what happens in that in that situation would be really interesting to me. You know, I think that's honestly the way you, 
exact precisely the way you kind of framed that. Um, I think that's why we haven't seen him yet. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I think that's why he's I, I as as diligent with his rehab as he's been because I think he looked up and said, you know, I might be quote unquote not injured anymore, but I'm not right yeah. yet. I think and, that when you know when the when the season started and he was rehabbing in Louisville and I think he he had a homer his first his first at bat at Louisville or something like that. Like and his first swing. Yeah, yeah, it was very yeah, it was, very, yeah, it was, it was very early on. And you know, it was like, oh yeah, like awesome. Like can't wait, can't wait for Joey to get back. But yeah, I, I totally agree that I think that he, you know, he's no dummy. He sees what's going on up here and sees that he 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 knows. I think he knows he can't come up here and hit one seventy five for the first month he's up here. Like it's just it's not going to fly. And I think if you asked him, he'd probably say he doesn't deserve to. You know, yeah, like yeah, he's, he's sure. that honest of a hitter and that's the great part about him. And that's why it's been, you know, it's been frustrating knowing that he's not under contract guaranteed past this year. So we can't, <laughs> yeah. we can't just expect him to be around and we want to get as much of him as physically possible. But I think he's cognizant of the fact that, you know, his role, his best role for this team right now is to get as healthy as he possibly can, try to rediscover everything he possibly can as a, as a pushing 40 year old who just had two major surgeries. Like let's not downplay how big the surgeries he had over the winter were. Um, and he knows that there are other guys up there that, that can play his position and deserve to right now. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly excited to see where he fits in when he comes back under that premise, because it's not that he seems to be unaware of that. I think he's very aware of that and that kind of almost turning of the page, but also like, you know, flip your hat around backwards and say, "Hey, you know, the, the montage at the end of the Rocky movie. Like, we got we got one more fight here, man. Let's let's throw it out there. And if it's only for eighty games, it's for eighty games. But let's give it hell. And I think yeah. that's kind of the way he's looked at all of this. And um, I think there'll be a spot. I, I think the key to all of this is a uh, Will Myers. You got to go, buddy. You had a, you had a shot. You got a good payday. You got hurt, and it's not worked out. And you're gonna get a chunk of money and, and hit waivers, and somebody might claim you. Um, Kevin Newman, uh, similar story. He, Kevin Newman's been fine. You know, he's been the perfect fifth infielder, and somebody will trade you something for that. It's not going to be a whole lot more than you know what you got for Tyler Naquin maybe last year, but you got something for Tyler Naquin, and those guys are doing well in the minors right now. Get what you can for him. Move on from that, uh, and you got to go from three catchers back to two and say, "Hey, Tyler Stevenson, man." Um, you know, there was a time where you looked like you were one of the best players that we had in our entire franchise, and you might still be. But we got a lot of good new players also, and playing time is what it is, and you got to catch a little bit more to make the rest of this roster work, and that means that one of Luke Bailey or Kirk Casale is going to have to get mystery injured list, which can happen a lot, especially to catchers, or outright cut, and you move back to having two catchers on the roster. And when you do that... Everything else kind of falls in place, even with Votto coming up and Encarnacion Strand being the next next guy up. You know, for me, uh, the big question in all of this is, A, how close can they stay to the top of this terrible division as trade deadline inches closer and closer? And B, if the Reds are going to finally not change course, but deviate just a little bit of from their long-term course and say, yeah, maybe we, maybe we do try to trade for a pitcher. And um, I'll just go ahead and preface by saying fuck Trevor Bauer about 75 different ways. 
but I'm going to mention him because it's the trade parallel that I'm going to mention here, which is that they gave up Taylor Trammell to go trade for him a year before they really thought they were going to need him because he was a pitcher who was good and was under team control for the next year. You almost wonder if the Reds are going to begin to explore something like that and get a guy who, however well he pitches this year, isn't necessarily the, the, the premise of why you get him, but that he can throw six innings every five days is a big, big part of why you're getting him. And then he'll also be here next year when things seem like they're much more on schedule for when you're going to be very good from the outset. I wonder if that's that's what they're looking at right now and trying to identify a pitcher somewhere not even a rental per se, not not a guy like Lucas Giolito or Lance Lynn on the, the struggling White Sox that you could get to eat innings, but will be gone this winter. But a guy that, that that fits the mold of get you through this season, but also be around for next year too. They've got the kind of prospect depth to be able to pull off a deal like that. I, I wonder if that's the next move in all of this. And if Ellie and Matt McLean and Spencer Steer and Fado coming back and Kardashian Strand if they can hit well enough to kind of bridge this pitching gulf for another month, and then the Reds can find that right pitcher to bring in and make that move and get Lodolo back for the back end of the season um, and, and kind of make a push. That's that's the one thing about this that I see is like the thread the needle scenario for making 2023 a season that actually exceeds expectations in a division that's terrible but also still sticks with the plan of them trying to be better next year than they are this year. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that, that's a battle I've got with this point. Um, I will say it's hard not to see what the Reds have had from the rookies so far and not be anything other than just like outlandishly excited. I mean, this is a, this is a stadium that was raucous for the entire series against the Dodgers and was raucous despite the fact that the Reds are five games under 500. I mean, they're still a bad team with bad pitching, but still – just knowing that there's that much of an infusion that's not just on the cusp anymore, but it's here, it's it's tremendous. Um, final thoughts from you guys on what's been perhaps one of the more enjoyable weeks of Reds baseball in the last God knows how many years. Beak, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just I'm excited to see just what what happens, and you know, definitely. Excited to keep watching Ellie and keep seeing uh, Matt McLean and all the all the young guys and you know it, it seems like even you know other guys are getting in on the act too you know seeing Will Benson get the walk off the other day was was pretty was pretty awesome and just kind yeah. of seeing the like I, it just it feels like the vibes of that are, are like just kind of go to show what this team is going to be about and um you know it it's exciting I, I think Apo- it's be a lot Apo- apologies to will benson for for skipping over his epic home run because of so much other stuff that's been going on but that was it's epic walk-off was, was like the yeah it's like the 10th biggest storyline right now with this team yeah our our four to your thoughts man yeah um like bk uh i'm just excited like it's it's been a fun week, um, really a couple weeks, just because of how, you know, you've seen what the young guys are capable of and what they're doing. And, you know, like like BK said, the vibes around this team are really positive right now. Um, and it's, uh, it's fun to be this excited with not that high of expectations, too. Like, it's just, you know, even if they make the playoffs, like they don't, like we've talked about, they don't have the pitching to, like they're not going to go win the World Series. 
but like it's <laughs> it's just it's fun to have a team to be excited about with and really knowing you're not going to be disappointed in the end just because you're just going to like all right I'm just going to watch these kids hit the ball and watch Ellie you know run first to third in like eight seconds and you know and yeah it, it's a lot of fun right now Absolutely. Well, uh, to put a to tie a bow on uh, what's been more one of the most enjoyable three game series I've ever you know watched. Honestly, uh, the way that I've been able to consume Reds baseball for the last couple of years, Elliot um, Eli Cruz. He's he's not just a Red, but he's pretty much the face of the Reds right now. And um, I'm excited to see him in a lineup with Hunter Green pitching and Matt McClain playing next to him. Um, we're going to see that soon. We're going to see that often this year and. How far it takes the Reds, I don't know, but maybe just maybe it'll get them close enough in the division for the front office and the ownership to open up the pocketbooks a little bit and say, let's get these kids some help. Um, for Arf and for BK, I'm Wick. Thanks for checking out. Uh, Walks will hunt with us again this week. And now that the baby's a couple weeks old, hopefully we can start doing these back weekly once again. So uh, thanks for listening. Until next time. Thanks, y'all.